All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And we are halfway through the week. And a couple things to bring you today. I don't anticipate being a extremely long episode, uh, but there are some I thought were kind of fu- uh, fun and cool. And we'll kind of go through those. One is a survey that The Athletic did. And the other was uh, Joe Sackick being on uh, Sports Social. I keep forgetting the name of it. I'm pretty sure it's Sports Social. uh, And I'll throw that interview on there because I thought it was pretty good. So uh, first things first, join the show on social media, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche and send your comments, questions, concerns, opinions, how you're holding up over this lack of hockey and just lack of sports in general. Send all that to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. So we are continuing to go through this, uh, you know, quarantine season. Uh, seems like things are getting a little bit better in terms of numbers out there. Still really too early to say when and if hockey might return. It's very possible that it might. It's very possible that it won't. Uh, we are still in the holding pattern. We don't know. I think the Minnesota Wild, it was either the coach or the GM or somebody, you know, in the higher ups uh, with their organization thinks that there will be hockey. So, I mean, if you're, you know, the optimist and you want to take that information just from one person, from one man and run with it, feel free. Um, me, I'm in the believe it when I see it uh, mode. And uh, obviously, I absolutely want them to have hockey, but I am just, uh, you know, keeping the other side of the coin pretty shiny in terms of maybe there won't be. I don't want to get my hopes up too much uh, because then they'll come crashing down if there is not hockey. So I'm towing that line. Sure. Let's bring it back if we can. Uh, And if we don't, we don't. So uh, for the time being, the athletic which you do have to subscribe to, and they are running a really good deal on The Athletic right now. I think they're charging like $2 a month or $2.50 a month. I love their reporting. I think they do fantastic reporting. Uh, so now is the time to jump on that. They do really good reporting across the board, but their avalanche coverage is really good. Um, they came out with a survey, and I figured I would kind of go through this survey. It's basically what's your thoughts on the franchise, and they ask a series of questions. Um some I can answer, some I can't. You know, I, for people who listen to this, know I live in New York, so I can't attend um, a lot of Avalanche games. I do attend them when they come to the East Coast. Um, so questions about like the Pepsi Center, I have no idea. I'll leave that in the hands of you, and that's where you can get a hold of me on lockdownavalanche at gmail.com and kind of fill in these blanks where I can't. So, um, yeah, away we go. So the first question, they think they're just kind of wanting to get some information. When did you become an Avalanche fan? Uh, when they were the Nordiques, when they came to Denver, when they drafted Tyson Berry, Matt Duchesne, Gabriel Landeskog, and Nathan McKinnon, or within the last three seasons? Fully admit, I became an Avalanche fan when they moved to Denver. I was not a Nordiques fan. Um, I really wasn't. I guess I followed the Rangers because I live in New York, but I never really felt like they were my home team. Um, and then I was always a Broncos fan when... 
Denver finally got a I'm a fan of Colorado sport teams living in New York, oddly enough. And when Denver got a sport, uh, a hockey team, that was my team. How many games do you attend in a season? For me, it's fewer than 10 because I only watch them when they come to the East Coast. How would you evaluate Pepsi Center as an arena? This is kind of like from the outside and even from the inside, Pepsi Center looks like it's a very nice arena. I have never been there. My wife has because my wife is from Colorado. Um, and she says it's a fine arena, but she never, you know, she's not a big sports fan. So I don't know if she was, uh, I think she might just be in awe of any arena she walks into. And that's not a slight on her. It's just when you go to a lot of arenas, you can kind of compare them. I can't compare the Pepsi Center because I honestly have never been there. So is it fine the way it is? Could they use some upgrades or is it time to build an entirely new arena are the three options they give you. Do you think an avalanche game is affordable? Uh, this is another one where I might want to hear from you guys. What's the cost of things there? Is it too expensive? Is it just right? Uh, is it, you know, like me living in New York, going to any sporting event here um, is like a mini vacation. You know, going to a Yankee game literally is like going on a week's vacation. If you have a family of four, which I do, um, it is not cheap. So is it in that realm? And I know like when the Yankees visit, Colorado when they play the Rockies, which is not very often, I know those prices shoot through the roof because they can get them. And that's pretty much wherever the Yankees go, uh, they can, they, they can, the, the opposing team can up their prices. Is it price gouging? Yeah, but what are you going to do? Uh, it's price gouging to begin with, uh, the prices at Yankee Stadium. So is the Pepsi Center same? Is even Coors Field, what are they normally? Uh, even when the Yankees aren't there or a team like the Red Sox. The Red Sox are the same way. When they go to other arenas, prices go through the roof. I don't think it's so much in hockey, but definitely baseball. Or definitely, yeah, it is definitely baseball. Um, where else we got here? So the next few questions they get into are about your viewing habits and how much it was affected by the contract dispute with Comcast. Um, so did they, did they, did you watch, you know, fewer than 10 me I, because I'm out of market, I can, I get the altitude network through center ice. So it's not an issue. Um, and I get other, I can get the visiting teams or you know, the team that they're playing. I can get their feed. So it's really not an issue for me. So I really watched all the avalanche games. But they do ask, when do you think altitude will reach an agreement with Comcast within the next three months, six months, 12 months, or does it matter anymore? And sure it matters. Um, but it's, it, that's a good question. I mean, with all this stuff going on, I'm sure that they're still negotiating, but now there's no rush. There's no nut rush to, to get an agreement done because we don't have games. So will it pick back up when, uh, sports come back into play? Probably. I would hope within the next six months, if they go another year with this, like that's just, come on, that's just being super, super greedy. So, um, I would hope within the next six months, which is when we would hope we have some sports back in you know the the daily life uh that they can reach some sort of agreement you hope that they would seeing what people are going through um having millionaires and billionaires argue is just simply ridiculous so get it figured out are the avalanche a legitimate stanley cup contender yes no still early to know absolutely yes on a scale of one to five what is your confidence level in what joe sakic and his front office have done in transforming the avalanche over the last four years can it be anything less than five? And if you feel it is less than five, maybe even if it's a four, let me know and, and, and your reasoning why. It's completely fine if you do feel that way, but 
um, what he has done and how he's overhauled this team and as quickly as he's done it is miraculous and uh whatever if you're going one to five you're going one to ten if you're going one to a hundred uh that's pinned in the red for whatever metric you're using because it's been a a work of art to watch him retool this team uh in a quick amount of time on a scale of one to five what is your confidence level in, in what jared bednar and his assistants have done over the last four years I, that's close to a five. I would maybe even say like a, a four to a four point five on that, uh, mainly because you know if they had, if they had won a Stanley Cup, maybe if they have gone to a Stanley Cup, you would say it's definitely a, a five. But confidence level, I'm completely confident in this this coach and this coaching staff. So definitely in the higher, you can't do point five. So I would say four point five because I'm just not actually filling this out. Just reading it over a podcast, uh, so I can say four point five. Uh, how long will it take for the Avalanche to win the franchise's third Stanley Cup? The 2019-20 season would have been it if not for COVID nineteen. From one to two years, from three to five years, or sometime later. I can't say for sure. You know, you can never really answer this question with supreme confidence. But if not for this year, obviously they were in the mix for this year. My next. Selection would probably be from one to two years. Uh, this team is is set up, we've talked about it many times, for multiple, multiple years. And as good as they were doing this year, a Stanley Cup could have definitely been in the cards for this year. Um, and if not, you would have to believe the chances are good within the next two years of them winning a Stanley Cup. Who was the best offseason acquisition made by Joe Sackick and his front office staff over the last 12 months? Keep you waiting for that one. All right. So the question was, who was the best offseason acquisition made by Sackick and his front office staff over the last 12 years? And uh, (laughs) 12 years, 12 months over the last one year. I don't know why they put 12. Just put a year. Uh, Who was the best offseason acquisition made by Sackick and his front office staff over the last year? Belmar, Burkowski, Donskoy, Kadri, Nachuskin. That's a tough, tough question. You could make a case for every single one of them. But I got to go with Nachuskin. Uh, a guy was just down on his luck. People kind of gave up on him. Um, and he completely turned his career around uh, pretty much within the first three months. He had a little slow start. But once he got his legs, uh, what he's done is is fantastic and it's great to watch him and he's such a good guy uh and knowing that he's you know now has is going to have hopefully more seasons in colorado i would hope that they can sign him to a longer contract um it's been a joy it's been really good to see him turn his career around what's been the biggest surprise this season burkowski graves francos makar nachuskin Again, you can make arguments for all of them. <clears throat> Although I don't think Cal McCarr has been that much of a surprise. I think he's been as advertised. Um, and for the sake of the discussion, I won't choose Nachuskin again. I think it's Ryan Graves. Um, kind of a throw-in trade with the Rangers when it happened. You know, like a midnight hour trade nobody really paid much attention to. And to lead the league in plus-minus, uh, again, which is one of those stats and people don't really care about. But the the plus-minus he had... Uh, which, what was it? I mean, it was in the 30s, I mean, maybe in the 40s, I think it was. It could be wrong on that, but it was high, and it led the league. 
So uh, he, I think he's been a, a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, what prospect are you most excited about? Anunan, Bowers, Byram, Cout, Newhook, Timmons. I think if you asked me this before the season, my answer would have been Byram. I think now where we are, it's Newhook. Uh, what he's done in his one year in college has been impressive. And he won Rookie of the Year, or however they call it in college. Uh, my attention is now focused on Alex Newhook and getting him in an avalanche sweater ASAP. It's not going to happen because he's going back for another year. So we'll have to wait at least a year. But, uh, I mean, people noticed when avalanche made that, that selection, but Byram was, you know, everybody was talking about him and he has been fantastic too in the second half of his season. So man, that, that, uh, draft is looking like an a plus plus and yeah i am really really excited about uh what new hook has got to offer this team so i want this next year to go by as quickly as possible so we can get him on the ice in an avalanche jersey that's going to be good on a scale of one to ten how much does the current economic uncertainty worry you about uh worry you when it comes to what the avalanche can do in the off season Right now, I don't have much concern, but that could that could change depending on how long this goes for and how the off season is affected by it. We just don't know too much, so I'd put my worry about it in like the three to four range right now. Do you expect Nikita Zadorov to remain with the Avalanche beyond this season? I don't. Uh, I think that I think they like him. But I think that they have tried and tried to get him to tailor his game to what Jared Bednar wants. And there's too many ups and downs when that happens. So I think they, and and with all the defensive guys that they have, um, I think the time is now where we maybe have seen the last of Nikita Zadorov if this season doesn't come back. What unrestricted free agent is most likely to stay with the Avalanche beyond the season? Barbario, Nemetsnikov, Nieto, or Wilson? I I mean, for the sake of I don't think there's going to be a huge market for him. I think Barbario would stay. Uh, Nemetsikov would be interesting. I'd love for him to stay and see more of what he can do with the Avalanche. Um, Nieto, I think, he, I think he likes being on the Avalanche. And the same thing with Wilson. Um, but which one is most likely to stay? If they want to sign him again, I think Barbario would be most likely to stay. Who's your current favorite Avalanche player? You know, you guys can fill in whatever, whoever your favorite is. My favorite right now is Donskoy. I, I, I really have grown a liking to Jonas Donskoy. Um, outside of the main main players, you know, the McKinnons, McCars, and uh, Landis Goggs, I like Donskoy. Who is your all-time favorite Avalanche player? God. Oh, man. I... I think I have to go with Forsberg. Loved watching that guy play. Hard nose. Didn't care if he got hurt and got hurt often. Uh, didn't care about points, but got points often. I would say he's my all-time favorite player. And who could win in a race between Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr? Uh, the options are Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and all of us. <laughs> I would say all of us, and I would just like to see it happen. Uh, and who would win in an all-out cage match? Among Avalanche players. You know what? Because I'm going to go for the little guy here. Sam Girard. He can get in into crevices that not many people can get into. <laughs> He's quick. 
He's small. He's low. So let's give it up for the little guy here. Let's just go for the big goons uh, and, and think Sam Gerard could hold his own, believe it or not. So, yeah, definitely him. Uh, which current Avalanche player would make the best NHL general manager when his playing career is over? I always like these questions because players want to get into that front office mode when their playing career is done, and a lot of them don't succeed. The Joe Sackicks of the world um, don't happen a lot. So uh, on the current roster... I really think because he's just so determined right now is is Nathan McKinnon. Uh, and maybe that's the easy answer, but the, the way that he prepares for a game, um, I would think he would probably prepare the same way if he were to be a general manager. Uh, what current Avalanche player would make the best monarch, president, or prime minister? Ooh. Uh, let's see here. Who would make the best President, Prime Minister, or Monarch. Let's go with, and this is going to be unpopular, let's go with Nazem Kadri, Because he doesn't take no you-know-what from anybody. And he's a serious dude. So uh, I, I think he would be good in politics. That'd be my choice. And is it time to update the Avalanche color scheme, logo, and uniforms? Good question. Uh, definitely not the color scheme. I love the color scheme for the Avalanche. Um, logo... Um, I, I would I can go either way on that. Um, I I like the logo. I've always loved their logo. Uniforms. I'm always up for a uniform change, um, and just kind of like different. And the Avalanche have done that. They've changed the the look of the uni uniform with the piping or whatever you want to call it over the years. So they've changed the actual uniform. Um, but is it time, man? That that's a big change when you change a logo. Usually you don't really see color schemes change too much. Teams do it. Uh, but I, I don't think they would really change the color scheme. If they were to change anything, I think they would go back to kind of like their third jersey option right now with uh, the Colorado Rockies old hockey team style if they were to do anything. But I've seen some really, really cool renders of some people like fans that are putting up Colorado themed jersey what they could change into and some of them include the the first outdoor game they had with the c and a color scheme with that um and then when you see something like that you're like man oh that that looks really really cool too maybe i'll do that <laughs> maybe i would do that but i love it the way it is i really do i, I just uh, part of my uh fascination with the team and liking of the team is the color scheme i think it just is is a good looking color scheme with a fantastic logo. And like I said, if you want to change up the jersey look all the time, I'm completely fine. I like jersey changes. Um, I don't really like too much when a team changes a logo, especially when you've got a good one. There's no need to, to jump into a, a whole new logo. Although if they did that, you know, then we're pretty much uh, back on the NHL market buying up everything because now we have to replace everything that we currently have. So uh, from a marketing standpoint they would make a lot of money off me alone. All right, so I told you this show would go longer than normal. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hold off on the Joe Sackick interview because uh, that's about 11, 12 minutes long. I'm going to hold off on that until Friday. Uh, we might have a Phantom Friday segment as well. So there's a lot to get to on Friday's show, but I'm going to hold off on the Joe Sackick interview uh, until then. What else have we got to do? So, um, But what do you think? Any of those questions that you, anybody out there wants to answer, 
uh, that you agreed with me or didn't dis or you're, yeah, you agreed with me or disagreed with me, uh, let me know. Send me an email or get a hold of me on social media. Uh, what do you think? Should they change their uniforms? Change the color scheme? Who would make a good president? Uh, you know, what's your viewing habits? Who would win in a cage fight? Do you agree with my Sam Gerard? Give it up for the little guy. Let me know. Um, be a good conversation to have. So, lockdownavalanche at gmail.com or get a hold of me through social media, LLPN underscore avalanche over on the Twitter machine. So, that's going to be it for today, guys. And I promise I'll get to the Joe Sackick interview on Friday's show. We're making our way through. Hopefully, we have some hockey, but who knows? All right, guys. Have a good day. See you guys on Friday. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!